This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Pierce. Buries it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my season. Can I be? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 138, episode 138 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a terrific weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And like I've said a gazillion times before, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some super duper podcasts like the Marky P Show. By the way, happy birthday to Marky P. Uh, Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, those girls you know, eat the damn cake, drinks after work let's be clear with kayla burnt toast i'm the promoter he's the dj it's always something with jd music you're missing 30 flirty and surviving and of course big night breaks go down to patriot place chris costa tim benito scott randy the whole team have put together this awesome awesome sports card store it's called the card vault Head on down there, down at Patriot Place. There's some more Card Vault stores coming soon. You can also check out Big Night Breaks on Instagram and on the WhatNot app. And don't forget, more in, more importantly, <laughs> oh boy, what a week it's been. Most importantly, go get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab. Click the Banner Banter Podcast tab. And then go support the brand. Go support your friend. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, uh, before we begin today, I am a Boston sports fan, and yesterday, if you're listening on Monday, if you're listening on Tuesday, a couple days ago, Wednesday, a few days ago, etc., etc., Jerry Remy, Boston Red Sox, former Boston Red Sox player, Nesson broadcaster, passed away due to his uh, battle with cancer. Heartbreaking news to know that Jerry Remy and Tommy Heinsohn aren't around anymore, so I just wanted to send my condolences to Jerry Remy, his family, Red Sox Nation, the whole nine yards. Just uh, you know, growing up, listening to Jerry Remy, you know, in college, watching all the games in 03, 04, 07, 2013, 2018, he was just one of the best around, and I was actually at the play-in game for the Red Sox Yankees, and he was actually there throughout the first pitch. It was pretty crazy, but either way, rest in peace, Jerry Remy. Let's focus on the Boston Celtics, not the Boston Red Sox, but the Boston Celtics right now. Currently, they are 2-4 and four this year. They are in 12th place in the Eastern Conference, just like I predicted. Uh, they're only one and a half games out of 8th eighth, eighth place, so how's that for some positivity? And some other good teams that are currently out of the playoffs, the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. So, hey, you know what? Banner 18 is on the way. Love the positivity, but let's just get right into it and recap the three games this week. The Celtics went 1-2 and two this week. They beat the Hornets, and then they lost to the uh, Wizards twice. But let's talk about the Hornets game because that was the most exciting game of the week, and not just because they won. It was actually like a really good basketball game. It was 
They won 140-129 to in overtime, clearly their best win of the year. Now, I understand that that's not saying a lot because they've only won two games this year, but it was definitely their best game of the year. Uh, it was interesting to see how the team actually looked. I mean, there was no Al Horford and no Romeo Langford. I mean, Romeo Langford finally played uh, over the weekend down in Washington, D.C., so thank God he's back. <laughs> Anyways, but hey, Tatum came out firing in the first half. He scored 21 points off 15 shots, which was great. But the story of the first half, really, in this Hornets game was Jabari Parker. He finished with 13 points and four rebounds in just nine minutes, and he got anything he wanted. He didn't care who he was playing against, whether it was Miles Bridges or Cody Zeller. It, or is it Tyler Zeller? No, Tyler Zeller is out of the league. It was Cody Zeller. It really didn't matter like who he was up against. He attacked the rim. He got to the basket. It was very impressive. And of course, Ime Udoka didn't play him in the second half, and he kind of played him a little bit in the Washington game, and Jabari's just not the same. Uh, maybe maybe it was just a good little flash. Jabari definitely is a streaky type of scorer. He's horrific defensively, but overall, not too shabby. But the Celtics' transition defense needs some work, for sure, 1,000%. And it's going to be needed tonight if you're listening on Monday against the Chicago Bulls because the Chicago Bulls like to run, 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 and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I mentioned in episode 137, the Hornets love to run, and they love to run to the corners for open three-pointers. The Celtics' communication did not help in any single way, shape, or form. And I again, I, 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 I tried to stress... Uh, now I'm starting to get mad because I hate the, the fact that this team is 2-4 and four and it's driving me crazy. But I mentioned that we all have to be patient with this basketball team, right? But my patience is starting to run thin because I I don't know. But even though the Celtics did have more transition points than the, the Charlotte Hornets, I just felt like their transition defense wasn't that great. Luckily, the Hornets cooled down in that in that uh, second half because in the first half they were lights out. I think at one point they had like six or seven more made three-pointers than the Celtics did, and that is slowly becoming a trend. It happened in the Hornets game. It happened Saturday against the Wizards, and we'll talk about that horrific shooting performance in a little bit. But man, oh man, oh man. Ugh. But here's the thing. Even though it was a good win and there was no Al Horford and no Romeo Langford. I mean, the Hornets didn't have P.J. Washington and Terry Rogier. I mean, Terry Rogier is a big and important part of this basketball team for the Charlotte Hornets, and he wasn't around. But I loved that the Celtics did fight back. They contested some good shots. Jalen got going after the first half, which is good to see because usually Jalen gets going in the first half and disappears. So it was nice to see it kind of go the other way around. In in my opinion, Dennis Schroeder, who I, I like, you know, he's averaging like six, six and a half assists a game, which is absolutely needed. You know, something that you wish Marcus Smart could do, especially if you're going to resign him to a really long extension, like three or four years and been paying him all that money. But anyways, not that I'm angry about that or anything, but he's just not a great shooter to begin with. And so it's no surprise that he's missing shots, but I didn't like how many shots that he actually took in this basketball game. It felt like he was taking shots away from Jalen Brown. I mean, I I understand Jalen Brown finished with 20 shots and Jason Tatum had 28 shots and Dennis Schroeder had 14 shots, which if Al Horford isn't playing, that's fine. It's better than him than Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart went one of nine from three in the game. Holy shit. Like, you have to be shitting me. But... Tatum, it was kind of scary. Tatum in the end of the third. Yeah, was it the end of the third? Yeah, I think it was the end of the third. Tatum 
went out with like a calf issue. Like he was grabbing his calf, went over to the bike like he always does. And that was kind of scary. And the Celtics were down five with nine minutes to go in the fourth. And then when he came back in, they were down 11 with six and a half minutes to go. So it showed how important Tatum was in this game for sure. Dropping 41 points, six of 12 from three, eight rebounds. I'm sorry, seven rebounds and eight assists, which again, Tatum getting other people involved is very important. But Marcus Smart, Let's talk about him real quick, folks. He missed the Saturday game against the uh, what you call it, uh, the Washington Wizards, due to illness. Uh, same with the Time Lord. Same with Aaron Neesmith. I it's a non-COVID illness, which I guess is fine. Maybe they all just tested negative and they have a head cold. But Marcus Smart this season, folks, I don't know. There there were reports of him earlier in the week not feeling that great. He couldn't really see straight while he was playing. And his defense doesn't seem to be there. Sure, there are some flashes. He had a couple big steals. Don't get me wrong. He There were a couple big plays that helped the Celtics win this basketball game from him. But I am not paying Marcus Smart all this money for a couple of plays. We've all seen the couple of plays from Marcus Smart. And they're great. And they're awesome. And hooray. And yay, yay, yay. I get all that. But... Those dumb, cute passes that he has that are forced turnovers are just so goddamn annoying. Like the shot fake and then the cute little side pass. They all know it's coming because no one trusts you as a shooter, Marcus. They're like, go ahead, dude, take it. You don't even have confidence in yourself to take that shot. So they know you're going to pass it. It's going to be a turnover. Ugh, it just drives me nuts. But the game went into overtime, and Jalen Brown went absolutely off. Carried that team, finished with 30-9. and nine. Awesome. And then he had that ridiculous dunk on Miles Bridges, and the Celtics outscored the Charlotte Hornets 18-7 to seven in that overtime. Bravo, job well done. And you said to yourself, okay, two wins in a row. Now they're feeling a little comfortable. Maybe they're getting in the swing of things. And Jalen Brown did say after the game he wasn't really feeling the same after COVID. Like one game feels like he's playing three games. So that's a little concerning. And obviously we saw what happened to Jason Tatum last year and Evan Fournier last year. So that will take some time. But I trust Jalen. He will do the right thing for sure. So like I just said, two wins in a row. You beat the Rockets. You beat the Hornets. You're feeling good. Let's go. And then the Wizards come to town, a team that you're definitely more talented with, or more talented than, I should say, on paper. And then you could absolutely completely lay an egg for your second straight home loss. So far, as a Boston Celtics season ticket holder, I am not very happy with the product that I'm seeing at TD Garden. The Raptors game, oh, even though hell of an experience sitting courtside. And thanks again to my rep. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. But my God, two terrible performances from this Boston Celtics team for sure. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. But man, to lose this game 116 to 107 and then lose the second game to this team 115 to 112 in double overtime is so God damn infuriating. Last, the last two seasons combined, the Celtics have had nine overtime games, just nine. And you're saying to yourself, Oh, that's really not, not a lot. Yeah, I know. You want to know why it's not a lot? Because they've already had three this year. They've had a third of their games this year. Oh, I'm sorry. A half of their games this year, because I'm wicked good at math. Half of their games this year have been in overtime. Is anyone else concerned about that? Anyone? At all? Me? You? Are you concerned? Because I am. I don't like that. Finish the games. 
Why are we going into overtime? Either finish the games or be better. Let's do that. Let's try and be better. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think that would actually be great. But right now, the Boston Celtics defense sucks. And we need to find a way to figure it out to make it better. We really and truly do. Because it's driving me cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. For example, you only you allow 24 points in the first quarter. That's lovely. And then you allow 38? Like, where is the effort? And listen, Montrez Harrell, solid NBA player. He shouldn't be dropping 25 points on you, especially with Horford in the time we're playing. That just shouldn't be a thing in any way, shape, or form. And that is very scary and very frustrating. They allowed 38 points. Like, folks, 38 points in the second quarter. It's just unbelievable. And then the fact that you're now down 10 going into halftime just really ain't a great look, especially when you're at home. Ugh, it was unbelievable. I mean, you shot the three ball better than them. Now, they couldn't really miss for the most part because you gave them so many goddamn opportunities. You went to the free throw line a lot. You got 28 free throws. How many times have we been able to say that in the last 10 years? But defense and rebounding just sucked. It just sucked, 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 sucked. And listen, maybe they aren't used to the system yet. Maybe they're maybe they're switching too much. In my opinion, I think they're switching too much. And teams are realizing it and eating it up. They look at the Time Lord and say, yes, you're athletic. Yes, you're a heck of a shot blocker. And by the way, Al Horford, after the game on Saturday against the Washington Wizards, Al Horford and Rob Williams led the league, the two of them combined, led the league in shot blocks. No, no joke. That's how well they're defending the basketball. But everyone else just sucks. And... Teams are attacking the Time Lord off the switch. There's no doubt about it. They, they really and truly are. They're like, we know you're athletic. We know you can block shots. But there is no way that you can keep up with a Bradley Beal, if you will. Dribble, 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 step back. You're not blocking that shot. Especially with Bradley Beal. He's such a good scorer. And by the way, what a horrific turnout for that Wizards game on Wednesday night too by the fans. Imagine saying to yourself, the Celtics should go trade for Bradley Beal. We should treat him the same way that they treated Gordon Hayward. And then you, no one shows up or no one really gives a loud cheer for Bradley Beal. What a joke. An absolute joke. But the, the Celtics just aren't playing with any defensive energy. If you look at it three or four years ago, when there was a bunch of underdogs on this team, the defense every single game, you really couldn't complain about it. You could just be like, well, Isaiah Thomas can't really guard anyone, but it, hey, at least he tries. And now it's who's trying out there. And it's super frustrating because this team can be so good. And the question of the day is, how long can we wait until we say, okay, the team should have figured it out by now. For me, it should be 10 games. So that means we got four games left. So after this week, with the four games that you have, three of them being on the road, if you don't figure it out after this, oh boy, that's very, very concerning. Very, very, very concerning. So... After the Wednesday game, Ime Adoka called out the Boston Celtics and said their performance was mind-boggling and also called out Jalen Brown for being in- inconsistent as well. Now, I think Jalen Brown and the rest of the Celtics players liked that. They got called out because Brad Stevens would just make some excuse up, which is you know one of the reasons why not a lot of people like Brad Stevens. But here's the thing. There are some things that what Brad Stevens brought to the table and what Ime Adoka is bringing to the table. If the two of them could just combine, that'd be great. 
in this double overtime game against the Wizards on Saturday, there were a lot of opportunities for the Celtics to run some good out-of-bounds, after-timeout type of plays. Brad Stevens was always good at that, and if you don't agree with me, just shut off the podcast. You're you're just being dumb. Ime Adoka isn't there yet. So do the players like the fact that Ime Adoka will just call them out and basically just call them inconsistent losers for the most part because he finds it mind-boggling that they can't win basketball games? Or is it better to have the X and O's guy? Right now, we're trying to figure out which one's which, and it's very, very interesting. So the Saturday game was a winnable game. They, oh my God, I'm getting so angry just thinking about it. Trying to think about my therapy sessions with my therapist. Deep breaths here. It's Monday. Let's not start off the week poorly. But folks, the Boston Celtics shot two out of 26 from three. Let me repeat that. Two out of 26 from three. And this is actually how the game started. You ready with the Celtics? Miss, 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 miss. They missed their first 23 pointers. And then Peyton Pritchard hit one. And then Josh Richardson hit one. And then miss, 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 miss. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Celtics went into this Wizards game on Saturday afternoon. 10th best three-point shooting team in the league. They're now 23rd. They dropped 13 spots because of one game. Unbelievable. Poor defensive execution down the stretch. I mean, they started the second overtime up. Yeah, it was like 109 to 103. Or, yeah, it was 109 to 103 in the second overtime, and then they lost. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And Jason Tatum is not having a great start to the year. And because of that, hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud. Of the week. Alright folks, here we go. Stud and dud of the week. Week number two of the NBA season for the Boston Celtics. The start of the week is Jalen Brown. Yes, I understand he sucked against the Washington Wizards on Wednesday night. He shot 5 of 16 from the floor. But the other two games during the week, he dropped a total of 64 points, shot 26 out of 48, rebounded the ball well. He was the reason why they won that game in overtime versus the Hornets and the reason why they were in it versus the Wizards on Saturday. I mentioned in my season preview he would be the most important person for this basketball team going forward. And you could argue right now that it actually might be Al Horford because the Celtics' defensive rating with Al Horford on the floor and not on the floor is absolutely ridiculous. And we we knew that going in. Al Horford was going to be an important part of this defense. He can understand NBA defenses. He can cover a lot of different guys he's very vocal he's the perfect defensive leader for this team especially learning a new system so you could argue that Al Horford's the most important guy but right now the way Jalen Brown's scoring the ball his confidence is great now his ball handling this year has been piss poor piss 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 poor and I'm it's kind of aggravating me but Jalen Brown had a very good week, in my opinion. Sure, a little bit of an ins- in one inconsistent game that happens, but Jalen Brown, very, very good this week, if you ask me, so he's the stud. The dud for the second straight week is Jason Tatum. 
Why, Timmy G? Tatum's the best. I love him so much. Guess what? I do too. I've loved him ever since I first saw him play basketball at Cameron Indoor Stadium when he was a dookie. Okay, but I am holding Jason Tatum to a very, very, very high standard this season. It's year five for Jason. Okay, he wanted all NBA. He just won a gold medal. He wanted to play all this basketball. Show me that you are a top 10 player in this league. Because right now, he's not, folks. That Looking at this season and how it's going, I don't care about last year. I don't care about the year before that. Right now, Jason Tatum is not a top 10 player in the league, the way he's playing. He's not. I need... Oh. <clears throat> so angry that Tatum's not playing well. It's not a bash, Jason Tatum. But I need Jason Tatum to play like he wants to be the best. That, you know, that Mamba mentality. He's obsessed with Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant was his guy. He idolized him. But right now, he's not playing like Kobe Bryant. He's playing like Carmelo Anthony. And that kills me inside because I don't like Carmelo Anthony. And I don't like the player that was Carmelo Anthony because all he tried to do was score points, not win championships, and take a lot of money. And it's driving me crazy. It's absolutely driving me crazy. Sure, he dropped 41 points versus the Hornets. That's great. Congrats on the sex. Great performance. Super duper. I loved it. How could you not? He was great, especially in that first half. He scored 21 points on 15 shots. It was great. But the rest of the week, Jason Tatum went 19 out of 54 in two games against the Wizards, including one of 13 from the three-point line. Jason Tatum, two games against the Wizards, shot one of 13 from the three-point line. Now, he did rebound the ball very well against the Wizards on Saturday, career high, 15 rebounds. Again, congrats on the sex. But his complaining to the official folks, oh, my God. The, oh, him complaining to referees is one of the most annoying things in the world. It I can't stand it. And to be honest with you, I want Emei to take him out of the game at times just to sh sit him down and shut him up and like ground him. I'm sure he does that with Deuce, right? I'm sure Tatum isn't happy with some of the things that Deuce does. So that's how I feel like Emei should treat him because Deuce is one of the greatest human beings on the planet. We all know that. But Jason Tatum isn't getting calls because of how much he's bitching. And I'm sure he, maybe he's in a little bit of a funk. And it happens from time to time. But you're just not expecting it to happen with Jason Tatum. And listen, I know he'll be fine. I know it's only the first two weeks of the season. But Jason Tatum, this ain't it. This ain't it, bud. And that's okay. That's okay. You'll get there. But right now, you stink. And I can't wait for you to flip the script. Or you better. Or else I'm going to dive into a deep, deep, dark depression. But anyways, that's it for Stud and Dud of the Week. Stud, Jalen, Dud, Jason. Celtics have four games this week. I won't, I don't want to spend too much time on them, but we'll break them down as quickly as we can. Tonight, Monday night, TD Garden against the 5-1 and one Chicago Bulls at 7.30 p.m. Then they have a back-to-back -back in Florida Wednesday night at 7 o'clock against the Orlando Magic. And then Thursday night, oh boy, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. against the Miami Heat. And then they are off to Dallas on Saturday, uh, which is November 6th. 8.30 p.m. versus the Mavericks. So so far, the Celtics are 2-4. and four. The Magic are 1-6. The Mavs are 4-2. and two, And the Bulls and the Heat are 5-1. and one. So this is not going to be an easy week. They should get at least one win this week, for the love of God. 
Let's focus on the Bulls game tonight, TD Garden. Looking forward to it. See you up at Section 315. Come on by and say hello if you're around. Um, if you thought the Hornets ran a lot, well, <laughs> hold on to your butts. Uh, the Chicago Bulls also like to run a lot too, especially with Lonzo Ball at the point. This team loves to go, 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 get the rebound, get the outlet pass, and run down the floor. Or if you're just Lonzo Ball, he'll get the rebound and then just run down the floor himself. Lonzo Ball's shooting has improved a great deal. This is a great signing by the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, as of right now, the Celtics do score seven more points a game than them. But then again, the Celtics, I feel like, have also played an additional full game with all the overtimes they've been in. So that also kind of makes a lot of sense, too. But the Chicago Bulls do shoot the ball very, very well. They have Zach Levine scoring the basketball. Vujicic will rebound. Their bench is deep. Unfortunately, they did just lose Patrick Williams. This was year two for Patrick Williams due to some wrist surgery. So that's a bummer for him. He's a heck of a talent. But... They got Caruso coming off the bench, uh, DeMar DeRozan, one of the most consistent NBA scorers around. It's not going to be a very easy basketball game, but it would be a really, really nice and impressive win for this Boston Celtics team for sure tonight at TD Garden. Or, you know, hey, go check out NBA.com or Celtics.com or something if you're listening uh, not on Monday which most people do. Some people don't listen on Monday, so hopefully if you do go to Celtics.com, there's a big W on the schedule. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, the Magic game. I'm not going to spend any time on this. The Magic suck. They're 1-6. They're not good. They have a couple young guys, Wendell Cardle, Wendell Cardle, <laughs> Wendell Carter, and Suggs, but that's it. This should be a blowout. Hopefully the starters can get some rest because this is the first night of a back-to-back on the road. Those are never easy for sure. Uh, Hopefully the starters can get some rest. I don't want to talk about this game anymore. The Magic suck. Uh, The Heat game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is going to be a scary one. I think this game is really going to show you where the Boston Celtics are as a team. Maybe not like 100%, but pretty damn close to where they are as a team. Hopefully it's not the hospital Celtics. Hopefully everyone's happy and healthy, but... The Heat have the fourth best offensive rating in the NBA. And then they also have the best def- defensive rating in the NBA. So that's actually very, very oh, oh, this is going to be a brutal game. This is either going to be a brutal game or going to be one of those games where I'm going to hop on next week on episode 139 and tell you that the Celtics are going to win the championship. No joke. I mean, they just do everything right. Oh, yeah, their net rating is also best in the league. So best defensive rating, best net rating, best offensive rating. They just do everything right. They're coached right. They play hard. They get everyone involved. They're all unselfish. They just play basketball. You know, the Time Lord has to slow down Bam Adebayo. Marcus Smart has to slow down uh, Kyle Lowry. Hero and Robinson can't get off to a good night shooting because clearly, as of late, the Celtics aren't shooting the basketball very well. Two of 26. Two of 26 from three-point range. That's absolutely unbelievable. I can go on and on about this game, but I won't. You know, Jason Tatum has to outscore Jimmy Butler by, like, a lot. P.J. Tucker can't get into Jalen Brown's head. There's so many different aspects of all of this that this this is going to be a good mental challenge for this Boston Celtics team, and I think they can pull it off. But I'm not very confident saying that because I think the Heat are no joke this year. I think I had the Heat finishing second this year, or was it third? I think, yeah, I think I had the Heat finishing third. I don't even remember. Why don't I scroll up on my notes here and see where I actually had them finishing? Yeah, I had the Heat finishing second in the East. And right now, they're up there being 5-1 for sure. And then Saturday, November 6th, down in Dallas. Shout out to my buddy Dave, who I just saw over the weekend, down in Newport for a wedding. Great time. Uh, This Mav game 
is a winnable game. They really haven't beaten a lot of good teams. They've beaten the Kings. They've beaten the Rockets. They've beaten the Raptors. They've beaten the Spurs. Yes, I know we've lost to the, the Raptors, but let's be honest. The Raptors aren't that good. And then they've gotten completely blown out the door by the Nuggets and the Hawks, who are good teams. They don't show up against the good teams. So I think that's a good thing, if you ask us, because I think we're a good team. Just maybe not right now, but I think we are. Of course, you know, they got Luka Doncic. He's gotten off to a great start this year, as expected. But they shouldn't get beaten by Finney Smith or Kleber. Time Lord has to play better than Dwight Powell. But this is one of those games, if Al Horford plays, which I hope he does, that he can control both ends of the floor for being in the league for so long. There's not a lot of long-time veterans, you know, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. But besides that, there's a lot of long-time veterans on this Mavs team. And, you know, Jason Kidd, Ime Adoka should be a good coaching matchup. But this could be one of those games where you sit back and you go, man, I'm really glad Al Horford's back. He, he just did everything right to help this basketball team win. And I'm, I'm expecting the Celtics to go 2-2 two and two this week. So we'll be 4-6. and six. Not ideal. If they go 3-1, and one, I'll be thrilled. If they go 4-0, oh, I'll go streaking down Causeway. But if they go 1-3 and three this week and only beat the Magic, we're going to have to have a deeper conversation. Coaching-wise, player-wise, whatever the case may be. So an important week for the Celtics, for sure. And we'll see how it handles, see how it plays out. And that's that. Episode 138 of the Banner Banter Podcast is done. It's in the books. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. I hope everyone has a great week. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Say it with me now. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.